Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. My name is Dan Lobby. For today's podcast, we continue our look at Baker Mayfield and what others have to say about the Browns' third-year quarterback. Today, Mary Kay Cabot talks to NFL Films analyst Greg Cassell. They get into why Cassell liked Mayfield so much coming out of college and why he should have success in the system new Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski is putting in place this season. He also discusses some of the other quarterbacks from Mayfield's 2018 class. Now, before we get to the interview, let me remind you about Football Insider, our text subscription service where me, Mary Kay, Scott Patsko, and Ellis Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can also text us back and we respond directly to you, cutting through the clutter of social media. Plus, you'll get a newsletter every day with exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see it well before anyone else. There's still time to get signed up before Tuesday night when we'll be holding a Zoom call for our subscribers all about Mayfield. We'll talk about where he's been, where he's going, and what we expect from him in year three. If you want to check it out and get involved in that and see if Football Insider is for you, start your 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. You can also text 216 208 3965 to get signed up again to start that 14 day free trial which will give you a shot to get involved in that zoom call on tuesday night text 216-208-3965 now here's mary Kay's interview with greg cassell so first of all welcome greg thanks for for joining me today Okay, good to be with you. Um, basically, um, just really looking at Baker Mayfield and the outlook for 2020. And I'm curious to know, uh, what what were your thoughts on what you saw of him? Uh, you know, maybe let's first of all go back to, to his rookie year. You know, what did you see, you know, in him that year uh, that made you think that, you know, that he was going to be successful at this? Well, we can go back even further, Mary Kay, because watching him coming out of Oklahoma, I really liked his tape. And I didn't know a lot about him until I put the tape on because I don't get a chance to watch a ton of college football on television on Saturdays. But I was under the impression that he was much more of kind of a movement run-around guy. And when I watched him in Oklahoma, he was very disciplined, very structured. Everything he did was fast. Um, He was... um, 
the ball came out quick. He was twitchy. Uh, I love the way he dropped back. I love the way he set. You know, I love the way that he he got rid of the football. I think everything about him said to me that this guy looks like he'll be a very good NFL quarterback, and I think he played that right way as a rookie. Um, it's always hard to know when things don't go well because you're not there every day. But when all's said and done, I think he works best when he's in a disciplined, structured system and things are defined and his quickness and twitchiness comes out because he's got a quick delivery and he's extremely accurate. So were you really almost shocked uh, at the events of last year to see you know, how he looked at times on, on the football field and the way things turned out? Well, the thing about last year, and it's very hard to know, and, and you're there, I'm not. So I can't really speak to what day-to-day was like. I certainly can't speak to Freddie Kitchens because uh, I, I wasn't there. Um, but he looked last year very often like an uncomfortable player. You know, that's that's what I can tell from the tape. Like I said, I, I'm not going to say anything negative about Freddie Kitchens. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what was taught. I'm not there. I, I don't know what he was asked to do. He played like a quarterback that was not always comfortable with what he was being asked to do. That's, to me, what the tape said. So, uh, you know, I think what he did really well did not come out as much last year. Um, So, you know, as you look ahead, I think that the the marriage of Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield is a really, really good one for many reasons, which we can certainly get into. Um, Well, let's dive right into that then. Why do you think that that this is going to be a great pairing? Well, I think Kevin Stefanski, first of all, will start with the run game. And he'll start with the run game out of different personnel packages. My sense is they'll play a lot with two tight ends since they've got really good tight ends. And they even drafted one in the fourth round who's a really intriguing player, Harrison Bryant. Um, But they've got two really, really good backs. I think because of what happened in Cleveland last year, Nick Chubb kind of got lost in in the circus, so to speak. But you could make the easy argument that Nick Chubb is a top three or four back in this league. And their run game will start there. They've got Kareem Hunt, who's a really good back as well. Um, And I think you'll see them line up with two tight end sets, at times three tight ends. Kevin Stefanski did that in, in Minnesota. Um, and I think that their offense will start that way, and the pass game will work off that. And therefore, by, by definition, the pass game will be very disciplined and structured, and I think that plays really well into what Baker Mayfield is. Um, and they've got two really good wideouts. I guess the third wideout at this point remains to be seen. You'll have to see if there's a training camp or how that all works out. But they've got two really good wide receivers. But I think you play to the strength of your personnel, and they've got tight ends, uh, and they've got backs. And I think that that's why you'll see a lot of what we call 12 personnel with two tight ends. And I think the the pass game will work off of that. Obviously, when it's third and nine, that doesn't happen, but I'm just talking about that sort of the structural foundation as it's taught. Yeah, okay. So um, what about from a... Um you know, from a purely mechanical standpoint. Now, Alex Van Pelt is working with Baker Mayfield, has, has changed up his footwork so that he's leading, you know, with his left foot and the shotgun and on the shorter right. drops. Uh, you know, what, what do you think just from a mechanical standpoint about Baker? 
Well, I think when he's at his best, he's very good mechanically. Um, there's always little tweaks that different coaches want because of their systems. Um, you know, this is a system, as I understand it, where, you know, I, well, first of all, footwork's always important for one simple reason. The drop of the quarterback always has to sync up with the, the depth of the route concept. That's, that's just what an NFL passing game is uh, for the most part, is everything has to sync up. Now, it can be, a, it gets a little muddied at times in the shotgun gun uh, because it's not a typical drop that we're used to from under center where it's three step five step seven step but the timing still has to map out so therefore the footwork has to match the timing um, so that becomes critical now that gets taught differently by different coaches but I think Baker Mayfield because he has really quick twitchy feet and a quick compact delivery I think that fits him. So it's just a matter of teaching the specifics of this system, which may well be different from the specifics. I'm sure they are of what Freddie Kitchens taught, uh, but I don't see that as a problem at all for Baker Mayfield. Once you went through that college tape and became familiar with Baker Mayfield, you know where did you rank him in uh, in the 2018 class? Oh, I'd rank him near the top. Um, you know, again, it looks silly now, but I really like Josh Rosen coming out. Um, and again, we don't know what he's going to be in his NFL career. I think Josh Rosen, I think if you put Josh Rosen in the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Rams offense, he would do what Jared Goff does. Mm-hmm. But obviously it has not worked out for him, so people now look at him as a bust. Um I thought Baker, I think I had Baker next, if memory serves me correctly. I really liked Baker's tape, um, and, and I liked everything about his game. You know, I just loved the way the ball came out. He's got a very, very good arm, uh, and he was very, very accurate. Um, you know, I, the, the one thing about, you know, this pandemic is I've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of coaches, and one of the things that, you know, in discussing quarterbacks that, that and, and I felt this way, but it's nice to hear some coaches say the same thing. Like, to, to me, Baker Mayfield was a much stronger prospect coming out than, let's say, Tua coming out this year. And a lot of coaches agree with that. You know, Baker was a really, really good prospect. When you look at, at the class now, and you look at, you know, just how it's, how it's shaken out so far, what do you think, uh, you know, where do you think they're all going to land in the final analysis in terms of just their success in the league? You're talking about Baker's class? Yep, the 2018 quarterback um, class, yep. Yeah, um, well, I think they're all different. And that then now you start getting into uh, other factors that help a quarterback be successful. I would argue of the three that are clearly playing, because obviously Josh Rosen has not played, significantly of the three that are clear starters baker allen and darnold um i think baker is in some ways the most scheme transcendent because i think he can play in a lot of different schemes darnold theoretically could but darnold has a sort of a, a reckless and undisciplined nature to his game at times that can end up being positive when he makes those second reaction improvisational plays but it can also be negative I think Josh Allen is a big play quarterback. He can make wow plays, and he certainly has the running ability. But I think that there's things that Josh Allen needs to clean up, and whether they get cleaned up, only time will tell. He's he's not a precisely accurate thrower. He misses too many routine throws by NFL standards. Um, he's on a team, for instance, that's what I was speaking about. He's on a team with a really good defense. Uh, the games tend to be closer. He doesn't have to put up 30 points every week. 
Um, so much depends on, on your team and your situation. But I think Baker can be the kind of quarterback that can just be really, really efficient on a weekly basis. And, of course, Lamar Jackson from that class as well. Right. And, and he's just different because their offense is different. Right. And did you, you know, wh- where did you have Lamar coming out in, in 2018? Did you did you like him or what were your thoughts? Um, I, you know, I liked him probably more than most, but I didn't, you know, I, I thought that, again, he I wasn't sure what he'd be in the league now you have to keep in mind that Baltimore runs an offense that's different from any other offense in the league, that their offense actually is built around Jackson as a runner, not as a ball distributor. Now, people think that's crazy because he put up big numbers passing, but there's so many factors that go into that, you know, tactical X and O factors that go into why he put up big numbers, and he may put up big numbers again. Um, but their offense is really built on, on Jackson as a runner, and the ball distributor part works off of, of that factor. Um, so it, it, it's different. It's just it's, it's hard to compare because it's not no other team in the league runs that style of offense. Are you bothered by Baker's 21 interceptions last year, which were second in the NFL? Well, you know, I've always been a believer you have to look at each interception as an individual play, and I certainly can't see them all in my mind right now. Um, as a number, you're going to say that's too many, but and I'm sure there were some that were bad, but I can't see them all in my mind. So if you're just say, looking at it as an abstract number, sure, 21's too many. I would need to see each play and understand why they happen. And sometimes you don't understand why they happen unless you can talk to the to the player. But but I don't think he's naturally that kind of guy. Now, he's an aggressive turn-a-loose thrower, and I think that's a positive. But I think if you define things for him well, which I think this staff will do within the context of that offense, then I think that he can be really, really good. Did he ever remind you, or does he remind you, of anyone in the NFL? Does he remind me of anyone in the NFL? Boy, that's... That's a hard question, just, you know, because it's funny, because when I watch college players, um, you know, people always say to me, oh, does he remind you of someone? And those kinds of things either pop into my head or they don't. You know, sometimes I watch a player and I think, oh, he reminds me of this guy. But if I'm done watching a player and nothing pops into my head, I don't spend 15 minutes trying to think who he reminds me of. So so with Baker, I I don't know if I immediately have someone in mind. Um, I think at his best, he's rhythmic. He's... He's structured, he's quick, he's accurate. Um, You know, that's the style of quarterback he is. I'm always leery of comparing guys to great, great players because then people think, oh, Greg Cosell said he's like this guy. You know, so I'm always leery of that. But, I mean, he's just, that's the kind of quarterback he is. He's at his best. He's structured, rhythmic, he's timing-based, and he's got a very, very good arm. And I I think that, uh, you know, quarterbacks of late have have proven that that height is not that big of an issue in no. in most cases. So the height doesn't doesn't bother you at all. No, to be honest with you, and I talked to a coach about this. I think that height's now out of the equation for quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think. I mean, unless you're a really old school guy. I think the nature of NFL offenses, everything's quicker now. Um, I think that height will not be viewed as anywhere near a, a big factor. Now, again, would everybody like a six four guy who can do everything mm-hmm. that? 
you know, Baker Mayfield can do or Russell Wilson can do, of course. You'd you much prefer that. That's like saying you'd always prefer big and sm- fast as to small and slow. But, you know, I don't think that height now is the kind of thing that most people will look at and say, oh, we can't draft him. He's too short. Especially with uh, Kevin Stefanski with the boots and the, you know, and the roll yeah. I think, uh, you know, that really won't be that much of an issue. Um, when you look at, um, you know, when you look at Baker, what what do you see as as kind of the upside for him? What should he be capable of accomplishing in this league? Oh, I think the upside is very high, and I think in this style of offense, uh, you know, assuming that the team is, is good and, and Stefanski can be there, you know, I think that this style of offense really allows a quarterback to put up numbers. Um, you know, I think back to when Gary Kubiak was in Houston and. Um, Matt Schaub threw for 4,500 yards three or four years in a row, and I think one year even led the NFL in passing yardage. Now, I'm not saying Kevin will run the exact same offense. He'll probably have his own thoughts and his own tweaks, but I think at its core, it is that kind of offense with the play action, throw the ball, define things, um, you know, force the defense in normal down and distance situations to have to play a certain way, and you'll get predictable looks, and then you can attack those predictable looks. So I think that within the context of this offense, Baker can be a really, really high-level quarterback. It just seems like, as you mentioned, uh, the Gary Kubiak, you know, Mike Shanahan play-action-based scheme that, um, you know, that Kevin Stefanski will be running this year. You know, the, the quarterbacks, the offenses are putting up such terrific numbers and i i have talked to people that you know talk about well you can do so many things off of it and you can disguise it so well that you know that it's still it's just kind of the gift that keeps on giving but you know what can what can defensive coordinators do uh to kind of neutralize this offense a little bit because at times it does seem unstoppable well the thing that you're trying to do offensively is through the use of personnel and formation. Now we're talking obviously normal down and distance situations. Everything changes when it's third and long. So we're just talking normal down and distance situations. What you're trying to do is you're trying to create situations where you make the defense fairly predictable. You know that from film study uh, and then you can attack it uh, because defense is you know, have to play certain ways. If you're playing zone, you can't leave zones open. If you're playing man, well, then it's man. And, you know, obviously you hope you, your guys can win or you create ways for your guys to win. But, you know, when, when you, you're trying to create scenarios where the quarterback has as much information as possible before the ball snapped. Uh, and it, you can do that with the use of personnel and formation uh, based on your film study. So that's what you're trying to do. You know, you look at what the 49ers do. You know, the 49ers are a classic case of that with Kyle Shanahan. You know, obviously, two years ago, they didn't have a great record, but Nick Mullins put up numbers. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo got to the Super Bowl. There's still people right now who don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that good, and he's the reason they lost and all that stuff. But the fact is, Jimmy Garoppolo had a really good year. They got to the Super Bowl. It's an offense that can really attack defense as well. And then you start adding other things, jet sweep action, reverse action, all these things that create hesitation and uncertainty for, for certain players on defense. It creates a lot of stress for defenses. Do you envision the defensive geniuses being able to, you know, I don't know if catch up to it is the right word, but, 
you know, do you do you envision that you can plug these quarterbacks into this into this scheme for the next five, six, seven years, and they're all going to spit out, you know, four thousand yards? Well, then you get into numbers. I think you know it's like the West Coast when you hit Joe Montana and you you know won multiple Super Bowls. And the West Coast offense, a lot of guys then put up numbers. Um, were they all Joe Montana? Of course not, but they put up numbers. So I think it's an offense. You know, look at what Kirk Cousins did last year. He put up numbers. Right. You know, no one no one's going to sit here and say Kirk Cousins is a top three or four quarterback in the league. But he's going to you put up numbers in that offense. He'll put up numbers again with Kubiak. It's it's the same thing. It's like I mentioned Matt Shaw. So you put up numbers. Um, you know, Baker will do that. The question is, now you get into winning games. Yeah. Um, and, and then you get into other factors. You know, I mean, look, they should have a very good run game. They've tried to upgrade their offensive line. Jack Conklin is a very good run-blocking tackle. He's not a great pass protector, but you're also going to try to camouflage that with the style of offense you run with the play action. Right. But he's a really good, aggressive run blocker. Um, obviously, they're going to play Willis at left tackle, and we'll see how that plays out. I think he's more than capable of that. He's a super athletic guy and extremely competitive. Um, but, uh, you know, that's... And and then you get to the defense. I mean, obviously, that has to be a factor, too. It's very hard as a quarterback, no matter how good your offense is, to feel like you've got to put up 30 points every single week just to compete. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, I think offensively, they should have a very, very good offense. And what about Baker throwing to, you know, Odell and Jarvis? Uh, obviously, two, you know, two of the best in the NFL. But some people also think that uh, that creates a set of problems of its own. Well, you talk. I mean, again, I can't speak to to that kind of stuff. But they're really good. They're really good receivers. I mean, Odell Beckham. I know last year. You know, did, did he get a thousand yards last year? He did. Yes, in the last game. Yeah, he did, and it was, it was a very quiet thousand. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in a bad year, he still got a thousand yards. Um, he's just talent wise, he's among the two or three best in the league. And Landry, for the style that he is, is among the best at what he does. So. You know, ideally, they've got two really good receivers. Beckham will be more of the, the kind of X on the ball receiver, and Landry's more of the movement guy. He's more of the Z. Um, I guess we'll figure out what they'll do with their third receiver. You know, that, that's an unknown right now, I would imagine. Uh, I know they re-signed Rashad Higgins, I believe. He's done that before. Yep. Um, We'll see how it goes. You know, we don't we don't know the answer to that right now because there's not there's no football to watch. There's no OTAs and mini camps to watch guys on the field, so we don't know the answer to that right now. This division is very very difficult, uh, the AFC North, and it's a, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be a very intriguing year from a quarterback standpoint. So, how would you rank the AFC North quarterbacks, and how do you think Baker will fare uh, from you know a trying to get to the playoffs standpoint in the AFC North? Uh, well, I think Pittsburgh is an unknown right now because of Roethlisberger. You know, he's older and he's coming off a, a really tough injury and he didn't play. So I think he's an unknown. Um, and again, with no offseason, we don't know. We, we, we can't get any sort of, you know, weekly read on any on any players. But I think he's an unknown. Um Cincinnati could be a fascinating offense because they've got a lot of really good players. Now, because they're Cincinnati, nobody thinks about them. But, you know, I loved Burrow's tape. I thought Burrow was clearly the number one quarterback prospect coming out in this draft. He'll be a day one starter. Um, they've got a lot of offensive talent at the skill position players. Like I said, people don't talk about it. You know, Joe Mixon is, is a top five back in the league. Um, 
assuming health of A.J. Green and, and that he's still A.J. Green, they've got a lot of wide receivers, a lot of good wide receivers. Um, they're lacking a bit of tight end, but they have, they're have they very good at the skill positions. Um, and who's the fourth team in the division? My brain just had it. Went, Baltimore. Had a freeze. Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore, yeah. I mean, they're obviously really, really good. Um, they're really good on both sides. Their defense kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because of Lamar and what he did last year. Uh, but their defense is really, really good, and they actually they drafted to help that defense with Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, two linebackers who will likely get a ton of playing time. Um, but teams will, you know, in the division, I guarantee that all off season, the defensive coaches in that division have been working extremely hard to defend the Ravens. Offense uh, and and the league is cyclical, Mary Kay. You know that you've been doing this a long time. The mm-hmm. league cyclical. Right. They'll come up with stuff. You know, it's like when the zone read came in six, seven, eight years ago, and everybody said, "Oh my God, it's going to revolutionize the game." Well, the zone read's still in the game, but it didn't revolutionize the game. It's just an, it's another factor of offense, another element, another dimension of offense. Right. But it's not as if it changed the world. Um, so. You know, defensive coaches in this league are pretty smart too. They, they'll figure some stuff out, and uh, and then Baltimore uh, will probably adjust as well. Look, they wanted to build on their offense this off season, and they've probably not been able to because they've not been able to get on the field. And it, I know it's way too early right now, but I mean, if you had to, uh, if you had to say who might win the AFC North, uh, you're, you're going to ask me to prognosticate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm bad at that. I mean, yeah. obviously, Baltimore's really, really talented. Yeah, right. Um, you know, so you'd have to go with them. Um, I just have no feel for Pittsburgh because of Noah's season and Roethlisberger. I just don't know. Right. Um, I think Cincinnati, you know, their defense was really bad last year, and their O-line was really bad. So, uh, well, I think they're really good at the skill position players, and their O-line should be improved. They get Jonah Williams back. Um, it's hard to know. Uh, and their defense was so bad, it's just hard to know. Um, Cleveland should be a good team. I mean, they've got they've got some pretty good players. The issue for them is is their linebacker position. You know, obviously, Mac Wilson is a rookie last year, pretty much played every down. They lost Schobert, who, you know, obviously uh, Cleveland was not going to pay that kind of money for a stacked backer, but he was a good player. So now they've got some question marks next to Mac Wilson, both in their base and in their their nickel, so that's an area that needs to be worked on. I think safety is a position that you know they drafted Grant Delpit in the second round. Well, I really liked his tape, but he's a rookie, and next to him, I guess we don't know. You know, they they have Carl Joseph now. They have Andrew Sandejo, who's actually been a pretty good player in his career. Um, so there's a lot of guys who you know safety's up in the air. We don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, Greedy Williams. I, I, I don't think he played particularly great last year. I think he's really talented, but I don't think he played particularly great. Uh, so we'll see how he develops. Okay, and then um, one more question for you, Greg, and that is uh, when you look at the quarterback ratings at the end of the 2020 season, uh, where do you envision Baker Mayfield stacking up? Oh, I 
think if all goes well, we'll be talking about Mayfield as, as a really good player. You know, again, ratings. You know, I think he would put up numbers, and I think he would be efficient. And then you start getting into how the team does. I mean, if the team ends up winning 10, 11, 12 games, and who knows the answer to that, then I think Mayfield will start to be talked about again the way people thought after his rookie year that he was on his way to being, you know, a top 10 kind of player at the quarterback position and maybe better. Um, but it will much will depend on the team, you know. Anytime you're, you're bringing in a new system with some new verbiage and some new ter- terminology, you know, that takes time. I mean, you know, pe- I'm not sure people realize that, you know, it's, it's look, routes, route concepts and protections are, there's not a thousand of each of those. It's just what you call them. You know, it's like, you know, if you order a hamburger and fries in America and then go to France and order a hamburger and fries, you have to say different words. So, you know, players have to learn all that stuff and, uh, and they have to understand it immediately, you know, without thinking. So that can take some time and we'll see how that goes. We don't know the answer to that because players are not on the field right now. And our thanks to Greg Cassell. Make sure you subscribe to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening.